0: between the lies podcast oh yeah this is the one. Oh yeah between this the one the... yo i said i'm kicking dope shit but never wait moving way i'm floating on the record man i'm straight proving. you see what's really in a man when he gotta face music you see what's really in a man when he gotta make movements making music just to cope because the pain's fluid Stream my consciousness to God and got a dream lucid. Not dropping ship, but I'm in my promise. Gonna start a movement. Plus, I read between the lines and read between the lies. And welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject we might find our way into on that given day. Now, clearly, my voice is a little altered today. I apologize. It seems like I have strep throat or bronchitis or laryngitis or one of those things, unfortunately. I'm not able to go to work because of it. I can actually barely talk. But nonetheless, I hope you guys bear with me and how terrible my voice sounds today because I've been putting off the episode for a while because of this. And finally, I just decided today, you know, what? as bad as I sound, I got to try. So here I am. Uh, It's probably not good for me to be talking for the next 40 minutes. But, you know, we'll talk about regrets when they're in the rearview mirror. So today I want to talk about two topics, mostly uh, we'll go into some other things probably as I go on tangents with other stuff as well, but today we're going to talk about the Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin interview, why I believe it to be important, why the U.S. is actually imposing sanctions, or threatening sanctions rather, against Tucker Carlson for even doing said interview, and we'll talk about some of the details of that interview as well as the original downfall of Tucker's career at Fox. And a lot of the truth that he was exposing. Now, I want to make it clear. I do not lean left. I do not lean right. I'm not somebody who's a political person. I really think most, if not all, of the politicians are actively trying to screw us and don't care about us. But keep in mind that Tucker Carlson, to me, looks like somebody who's doing the same type of work that we would do on the Between the Lies podcast. He's just delving into stories and telling his true opinion of them. And for that, I can't fault him. In fact, to that, he should be an inspiration to journalists. And again, not a political statement. He should be an inspiration to journalists because he's diving into the facts. We see so much today with mainstream media. They're reporting a certain narrative. They're not allowed to go in a certain direction. It has to be pro-Ukraine. Oh my God, it sounds so horrible. It has to be pro-Ukraine, basically, mainstream media. So anybody that's saying anything close to the opposite or just questioning the fact that why are we giving hundreds of billions of dollars to this country uh, basically is shunned from the mainstream media. So that's something we'll go into as well. And lastly, for the second topic, I do want to talk about some of the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff. Earlier in the year in my episode called The World is Rigged, I talked about the fact that I believe that it would be the Eagles and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It made sense at the time from a conspiracy mind, especially because Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are dating at the time, and obviously that's the main storyline in the Super Bowl, whether people like it or not, but also the Eagles had a running back named DeAndre Swift, and of course their center named Jason Kelsey, so for me, in my mind, I thought that it would be Swift and Kelsey versus Swift and Kelsey, and that made a lot of sense in terms of ratings, etc. Nonetheless, I got half of it right. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift is one of the biggest storylines, if not the biggest storyline in the game. Again, like it or not, that's just how it is. But what I believe to be a fabricated relationship has been taking place between her and Travis Kelsey. Now, many people say, well, why do you think that? It's a great thing. Let them be happy. And of course, there's people on either side of it. But Travis Kelsey started to skyrocket in the beginning of the year, all around the time that he did the Pfizer commercial. So let's be honest, when a celebrity endorses something as a vaccine, they are inherently taking a stance in the battle of whether vaccines are good or bad. We do know for a fact that heart attacks among the young are going up and that the vaccine doesn't mean you won't get COVID. So at the end of the day, for an athlete to be promoting Pfizer, I'm sure he got a bag for it and he might not even believe that. But nonetheless he promoted Pfizer, he ends up with Taylor Swift, you have this new audience that sees the NFL, and the Chiefs just happen to make the Super Bowl. Now, in the Chiefs playoff run, I do think they won fair and square. I watched the games that got them there, and personally, I didn't see any real referee bias or anything like that. But there were games earlier in the season where I saw said referee bias. Uh, For example, when they faced the Jets, something we'll go over at some point. But nonetheless, when they faced the Jets, there were many questionable calls and no calls. I believe it was Monday night football maybe or maybe Sunday night football. Nonetheless, the Jets were poised. This was early in the year. Jets were poised to win the game. Zach Wilson leading the Jets. And it looked like the referees kind of got involved and made sure that the Chiefs won that particular game. So, no doubt in my mind, there's been bias for the Chiefs. And in my World is rigged episode, I also touch on that if you haven't listened to that. I talk about the obvious rigging of the Super Bowl last year between the Eagles and Chiefs. And as an Eagles fan, obviously that makes me sick. And maybe that's why I have laryngitis now. But nonetheless, I digress. In a little bit, I want to get into some of the number symbolism that's going along with the Super Bowl this year. And Actually, these conspiracy theories have hit a mainstream audience at this point, with many of the mainstream news outlets basically claiming that people are crazy for believing this and making light of the fact that people are looking into these numbers and the Taylor Swift effect as being some type of fabricated event. My prediction, personally, before we get on to some other topics for the Super Bowl, is the Chiefs to win. Uh, I look for the Chiefs to win by 10 or more points. Or win by a close game and Travis Kelsey actually gets the game winning touchdown. Now many people have said if the Chiefs are to win that Travis Kelsey would propose to Taylor Swift on the biggest stage of them all. But in terms of team camaraderie, I would suggest that Travis Kelsey not do that because nothing in my mind would piss fellow teammates off more than somebody trying to take the shine away from the Super Bowl by proposing. So I don't believe that'll happen, but hey, crazier things have happened. But I digress. I want to talk about some of the fires that occurred in Chile over, I guess, the week or the weekend, and talk about some of the odd similarities these fires share with Maui and Lahaina. Now, I've also done an episode on the so-called wildfires in Lahaina, which I believe to be a direct energy weapon, and many people believe that to be so, including the residents of Maui. It did pave the way for a smart city, and it paved the way basically for that land to be given to these companies rather than held by the citizens. We remember that the mayor or the governor rather of Hawaii signed an emergency bill a few weeks before basically saying in their event of a very large fire that the citizens would not be able to claim their land and instead would be forced to take these payouts. So that's something that actually happened in Hawaii and I want to talk about the similarities to the Chile wildfires. I may be pronouncing that wrong. I looked it up a few times and I'm trying. First and foremost I want to go over the list of coincidences and some of the eerie similarities we noticed in the Chile wildfires that go along with the Maui wildfires which I don't think it's any secret at all that we know definitely in Maui that those fires were planned and were made to happen. Thousands of citizens testifying to the fact that they had never seen a fire move that fast, act that way, the winds blow that way. I mean, I've done an episode on the Maui wildfires, if you would like to hear that, please listen after this one, because I deep dive into that as well, and I actually had a lady who lived in Lahaina, and had many family in Lahaina, basically testifying to the fact that nobody there believed that these were natural wildfires, nothing they had ever seen before but first we have the Chilean president the ex-president rather his helicopter crashing down and killing him in the same exact day that these wildfires occurred right off the bat what are the chances of that an ex-president's helicopter crashes down that's not something that happens every single day what are the chances that in a 24-hour cycle not only did these wildfires torch a great portion of Chile but also that the ex-president's Ship, or I'm sorry, a ship helicopter goes down. That's the first coincidence. And again, we're going to go over all of these coincidences. And then, kind of at the end, we can reflect together because, again, we always say in the Between the Lies podcast, how many coincidences until it's not coincidence at all? That's a reoccurring theme in a lot of these theories. Now, I have been watching TikTok footage from the ground as well and actual citizens' feedback and testimony, and a lot of what they're seeing in the Chile wildfires are describing the same fire that occurred in Lahaina. Now, people are describing a fire that moved very fast, very precise, and was basically unable to be stopped. Now, there are certain laws of physics that some of these fires are defying actively, In Lahaina, for instance, the way that the fire moved had never been seen by people who study fire. Scientists who understand fire said that a normal fire wouldn't be moving this way. and would be more easy to be able to be stopped. So we also have another similarity that's too coincidental to ignore. For those of us who knew a lot about the Maui wildfires, again, I did an episode on it. Please check that out. You'd remember that Lahaina and Maui were set to be the next smart city. This means implementing AI and technology more than has ever been seen before. Now, again, people in the conspiracy saw the wildfires as a way to pave the way for the building of said smart city in Maui, and a way to get around the fact that Maui's residents actively opposed this and intended not to sell their land. Well, we have the same exact circumstance here for Chile. It was set to be the next smart city. Wow, another coincidence. What do you know? Lastly, we have another chilling similarity that I just found out about yesterday. Now, although I can't find this particular information online, it is well known that volcanoes, especially dormant ones, hold extremely large deposits of lithium. So many theorists have pointed to the dormant volcano in Maui as proof that the fires were set intentionally. While I think this is a smaller reason why those particular fires were set, but it's all completely true. Lithium is highly sought after because with the rise of such things as electric cars, phones, etc., lithium has become one of the world's most valuable assets. So with that said, what country do you think has the world's largest lithium stash? Say it ain't so, it happens to be Chile. Lastly, one more coincidence that I couldn't fully confirm but I did want to note. There are reports of a CERN satellite in Maui and around the atmosphere of Maui in the days before the actual fires. There are also reports of that same satellite being present in the atmosphere of Chile in the days before that fire. Now, I did report a few months back on the Maui wildfires, like I mentioned, so I'm well versed in some of the information. Now there were green lasers over Maui's atmosphere before the fires and quickly NASA came out and basically blamed it on a Chinese satellite, though many people believe that to simply be a smokescreen. I couldn't find any real info confirming the CERN satellite was in that same area for Maui or Chile, but I did want to note that. I also wanted to let everybody know that if that was the case, it wouldn't be hard for a company like CERN, which we covered on our last episode. To cover this up in the media, especially considering CERN is funded by 20 plus countries that we know of and worth many billions of dollars. So is it possible that CERN satellite is mapping out these fires? And basically this satellite is mapping out the area that way a direct energy weapon could come down and start these fires. That's entirely possible. So again, to wrap it up, Chile set to be a smart city. People obviously oppose a smart city sometimes and they don't want ai to take over because of people's jobs so when we see these smart cities coming through we see two places where these smart cities are planned to be that these crazy wildfires have took place and basically paved the way for the smart city we also have the ex-president's helicopter crashing in the same 24-hour cycle that these fires happened statistically how is that possible i mean the fraction that you would have to come up with to describe. The mathematics of that happening just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, I'm almost lost for words about it. Now, many people have pointed out the fact that maybe his helicopter crashing was some sort of sacrifice for the actual fire to take place, and I considered that, but in my heart of hearts, I have another theory. So, the ex-president who was on that helicopter who passed away was known for being conservative and loved by Chile. Chile. He served them well, basically. He's a president that is highly respected and somebody with a tremendous following. Now, who would oppose a smart city more than somebody who's conservative in nature? It would be somebody who's conservative in politics who would oppose it because it would take away jobs, it would limit people in how far they could go out of certain cities, etc. and it would be too new age for them to really get behind, which is a whole nother discussion. But if, and if a big if, this president actually opposed these smart cities. Is it possible that him being taken out on that helicopter was a further way to pave the way for these smart cities? Now, in the next couple weeks, I'll be reporting on this wildfire, not only on the TikTok, but also on the podcast, because I want to keep up with it. I do want to talk more about the Lahaina fires and the things that have happened In the time since those have occurred because I was so close to that event, I was actually able, like I said earlier, to talk to these people who had everything taken away and hear some testimonies from actual citizens who did not believe that this wildfire was a wildfire at all. And there's many direct energy weapons that we're not aware of that countries, governments, the people behind the scenes have access to. So it's another theory of what really is going on at CERN. Sure, they say they're throwing particles together, but they also are into nuclear research. So anything they come up with in terms of nuclear weapons that are beyond our pay grade, they don't want normal people like me and you knowing about. So is it possible that a CERN satellite could map out this area and possibly send some type of laser beam to start? and flourish in terms of being a fire absolutely that is possible I could not find the actual information about it but before I go on a tangent I want to move on to a couple of other things and thank you for bearing with me my voice is a little better today so I'm going to be able to finish the pod which is exciting for me but I do want to pivot and talk about some of the Taylor Swift theories that have been in circulation regarding the Super Bowl and a lot of the coincidences which all revolve around the number 13 But first, I want to talk about something I noticed in the very beginning of the Super Bowl that struck me as a so-called conspiracy theorist as odd, and you can tell me what you think. So the first thing I noticed in the initial coin toss, all of a sudden the TV stopped and started playing videos of Lahaina and Maui and some of the destruction that happened there. Now, they also touted out a Lahaina football team, I guess a youth team, who came out as the honorary representatives of This coin toss. Now, for most people, you would just say, oh, well, that's just because they're trying to honor what happened. But me, somebody who looks deeper into it, and we know, I know personally, and the people who've listened to my Maui Wildfires podcast know as well, that these fires were set intentionally. Um, Greed was on the mind of whoever was the one to press that red button and start those fires but those fires are not wildfires I don't believe the ones in Chile are as well which I'll be looking into more in the coming weeks but nonetheless for me as a theorist looking into the Super Bowl and looking through a certain lens to me it seemed like a way to commemorate exactly what happened and almost admitting on a national stage like we've done this now you might say I'm absolutely out of my mind but when you take into account the theory that the Super Bowl is a giant ritual, which we'll talk about briefly soon, which is another thing that I believe. But nonetheless, if it is a giant ritual, what better way to start the ritual um, than basically by putting these so-called wildfires on the grandest stage of them all. So I did think it was nice to commemorate Maui and Lahaina specifically, but nonetheless, for me, it just has a dark edge to it. So let's talk about Taylor Swift and some of the oddities that revolve around the Super Bowl, her relationship with Travis Kelsey, which I believe personally to be staged and just for the mainstream media, but specifically the number 13. To start it off, Taylor Swift was born on the 13th of December in 1989. She turned 13 on Friday the 13th, and her first ever album went gold in the United States in 13 weeks. Now, obviously, a lot of people have been talking about this specific theory. Do the research on your own. She has done, she being Taylor Swift, has done multiple interviews in the past where she basically claims that 13 is some type of magical number for her and that everything happens for her in terms of 13s. This could be the universe. This could be a lot of things. But nonetheless, a lot of it revolves around the number 13. And so did a lot of the Super Bowl. Now, first of all, Super Bowl 58 is 5 plus 8, a.k.a. 13. February 11th, a.k.a. 2-11, is 13. The 49ers, the team that are facing the Chiefs, is 4 plus 9, 13. Niners were the 1 seed, and the Chiefs were the 3 seed, a.k.a. 13. To top it off, Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the 49ers, his number is 13. And if that wasn't enough for you, we had a 10-3 score going into halftime, a.k.a. 13. We had Taylor Swift wearing a 13 chain, which I know is related to her album, but nonetheless fanning the flames of some of these theories that have been out. We had Usher at halftime performing a 13-minute routine. The 49ers have seven Super Bowl appearances to date and the Chiefs' six, 13. So what we have there, many people would just say that's just numbers, but... A lot of these occult things that are happening, and make no mistake, the Super Bowl is some type of occult happening. It's a way to mass control millions of people. Apparently 200 million people alone in the United States were watching the Super Bowl, and that does not include the global number. The NFL makes 17-plus billion dollars at the last Super Bowl. I'm sure they'll make more now. So when it comes to some of these coincidences, we just don't believe in them on the podcast. So what we have here is almost predictive programming. These things line up so perfectly to the actual number that in my mind, looking at all those coincidences surrounding the number 13, it all has to do with Taylor Swift, her relationship with Travis Kelsey, which again has been put at the forefront of this NFL season So many people have theorized that the Chiefs were going to be in the Super Bowl from the beginning of the year, like I spoke about earlier. I thought it would be the Chiefs versus the Eagles, but I'm an Eagles fan, so a little bias there. But nonetheless, we have all these numbers lining up, and when I was looking at that before the game, there was just no way in my mind that the Chiefs, on the grandest stage of them all, with Taylor Swift in their corner, per se, as well as all these numbers things that are going on here, there was just no way the Chiefs were not going to win. And of course, we saw an amazing game. I'm fresh off of watching it just a few hours ago. It was an amazing game. And at the end, Patrick Mahomes went down the field as he does and won the game. And the announcer said a few words about his last drive, which actually struck me as interesting. First and foremost, it has been 20 years since the Patriots repeated in 2003 and four, I believe. So it's been exactly 20 years Since a Super Bowl team has repeated, and we have history repeating itself. We also have the game-winning drive performed by Patrick Mahomes, who will end up being the Super Bowl MVP. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they said that, but I know he will be the Super Bowl MVP, so I don't gotta worry about it. Nonetheless, that game-winning drive was his first game-winning drive in a Super Bowl. In all of the other Super Bowls, the way the cake got cut was that he didn't have a game-winning drive. So his defense stopped the other team, and then he kneeled it out. He wasn't down and then needed to come back. So the announcers were plugging this and basically saying this cements Patrick Mahomes' legacy. And of course it does, but when we look at Patrick Mahomes, and when we look at some of the predictive programming of sports, etc., you have to say that he is clearly Tom Brady 2.0. Now for whatever reason, I don't know if it's ratings or whatever, but the NFL is big on this one quarterback superstar who is basically the Michael Jordan of the NFL. First it was Tom Brady, and now we have Patrick Mahomes sliding into that category as soon as Brady leaves the game. They even talked about last year when Brady retired, how he passed the torch to Patrick Mahomes. So I would imagine that it's big money having what you would call the villain of a quarterback in the Super Bowl almost every year. So people either watch because they want them to lose or watch because they love them and want them to win. Also on top of it, again, you have the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey connection, which I can't ignore. And I want to talk a little bit about their relationship. Now, I did point this out to somebody earlier who didn't realize, but earlier in the year, Travis Kelsey was in a Pfizer commercial, again, supporting the vaccine which I have my own opinion on I won't go into because it's too divisive and it's not something I want to cover but nonetheless Travis Kelsey enters the mainstream per se by doing a Pfizer commercial which we know is supported by the elites and was an elite agenda basically to try to get people to get this vaccine again the same vaccine that they're telling you now does not even protect you from COVID we know people have been dropping dead from the vaccines and we also know that the power of suggestion caused many people to get these vaccines and caused mass hysteria. So there's a couple different sides to the coin, but the way I look at it personally, in my opinion, is Travis Kelsey is selling out by doing this Pfizer commercial, because if he actually did his research into the vaccine and wasn't just supporting a blind agenda, he would know that the vaccine doesn't work for everybody, for one. Two, people are dropping dead from it. And three... Just stay out of that type of discussion. But he took himself to this global standpoint by doing that commercial. And soon after, it seemed he was rewarded with a relationship with Taylor Swift, which pushes him as a superstar to the absolute forefront. So he's been in all the commercials. Obviously, his podcast is doing well. So I'm not saying this is possible that this isn't just some stroke of luck and he got with Taylor Swift. But for me... You see the money that goes into it, it's big business for the NFL, the Chiefs end up being in the Super Bowl, all the numbers with 13, all the similarities in eerie coincidences, then they go on to win it, and at halftime are down 10-3 to 3 and actually come back. I mean, to me, it just is proof that there is some existence of this so-called NFL script. It seems to me that the perfect story was just wrote for Super Bowl 58. But again, this is just my opinion. I'm not trying to force this on anybody. But in terms of the number 13 and all of that, we see a prime example of ritualistic numbers at work. We know that the people behind the scenes who are truly running the world are some sick individuals who don't care about you or me on any given day. The Super Bowl, whether we want to believe it or not, is a ritual for the masses. First and foremost, it showcases the power that the mainstream wields. With, again, 200 million people apparently watching in the United States alone watching this game, television itself is said to put people in a trance. You may say that's nuts, but have your four-year-old niece or nephew watching the TV and you'd probably say different. They're literally laser-focused on the screen so much so that nothing else even matters at that moment. And sports in itself is nothing but a distraction, and we saw that in Rome with the Colosseum, and sports is a representation of that. Instead of focusing on the powers that be, screwing us over at every single turn, instead of that, we're actually focused on the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Whether we want to believe it or not, and I guess I'm a hypocrite because I still watch sports and enjoy them, but I always tell everybody listening, anybody I speak to, don't let yourself get so emotionally attached to the outcome of these games. I did that last year with the Eagles game. And with a bullshit holding call at the end of it, they lost the game. And again, that was another one that was clearly rigged and in favor of the Chiefs. So nonetheless, my whole message is don't get emotionally attached to these outcomes and try to see through some of the ritualistic stuff we're actually witnessing. Because the moment you start to see through it and see it for what it really is, is when you're not under the spell anymore. So... That's just how I feel about it. I want to get the word out about these type of things. And I want to open even one person's eyes every single podcast. If I can open one person's eyes per podcast, not even one person's eyes in general, I feel like my job is complete. I genuinely feel like I've been put on this earth to try to open people's eyes. So that's the mission. Again, a lot of dark stuff happening with the Super Bowl. I'm sure more will come out in the coming days as people on the internet are looking into theories, as well as some eerie coincidences. But nonetheless, a lot there to unpack. Lastly, I want to talk about Tucker Carlson in himself, in itself, rather, and I want to talk about his interaction with Vladimir Putin, which was an interview he conducted a few days ago, and some of the weird things that go along with that. So first and foremost, let's talk about the reason that Tucker Carlson was let go from Fox News. Now, the two reasons that Tucker Carlson was let go from Fox News are as follows. First of all, he basically started a defamation lawsuit when he suggested that some of the machines in the 2020 election were apparently rigged. Now, again, this is not somebody who I believe is following baseless facts. I think that Tucker Carlson is just reporting the truth as he sees it. And again, I can't do anything but commend him for that. So there was a $78-plus plus million dollar lawsuit that took place, and many people have pointed to that as the reason why he was let go. But I do want to bring up one other reason why he was let go, and then we'll talk about his interview with Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson, after the January 6th so-called insurrection that we saw, which is a load of crap, and again, I'm not political at all, After that fact, basically, he was presented with some eyewitness or footage, basically found footage that he had received somehow, some way, and he presented it on his news program. In this footage, in the mainstream media, you basically saw certain FBI, CIA, or Washington agents letting people into the Capitol, shaking their hands, and bringing them throughout the Capitol. So this would totally go against the mainstream media's narrative that the Capitol was taken over by right-wing extremists, and it was a hostile takeover. Instead, these people were clearly let into the Capitol. And keep in mind that some people are still in jail and in prison over the fact that they went into the Capitol. But as we saw with Tucker Carlson releasing these videos, it was clear that these people were let into the Capitol, and police were shaking their hands as they were going into the Capitol, and clearly were buddy-buddy with them. So, we have the exact opposite of what the mainstream media news told us about January 6 unfolding. And, of course, Tucker Carlson is pulling all the strings. Now, many reports from companies as big as Fox, some of the mainstream media companies, have suggested that Tucker Carlson simply got too big of an ego and was reporting on what he wanted to report on and not the stuff that Fox wanted him to talk about. But, again, I can do nothing but commend him for that. He suggested that some of the voting was possibly rigged, which we know is something that has happened in the past, and if you look at the facts about the voting, I mean, at the end of the day, it seemed like the powers that be wanted Biden in charge, and that's exactly what happened, and we see what the country has been led to now, so make no mistake about it, there's a high possibility that the voting in the 2020 election was rigged, and there's a high possibility that that could happen again. Lastly, we have him releasing the actual videos of January 6th, again, reversing the mainstream media narrative of those events, what they tried to drill in our heads. So to me, shortly after, Tucker Carlson is let go from Fox News. And that is what it is, he got let go. But since then, he basically has been on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, and he's been doing his own media. So he's been apparently bankrolling it. I'm sure he has some sponsorships, etc., Nonetheless, he's been doing his own show. He's been doing really well with it. He's been getting more views on this particular show, which again is only available on his website and Twitter. Bigger ratings than he ever got at Fox News because people are truly behind him. And it's not a political thing. It's about speaking your mind and being able to believe in what you want to believe without people attacking you. I mean, that is the genesis of our entire country. So for him to be let go by Fox News basically goes against that. But Nonetheless, he did an interview just a few days ago, early February, February 7th or 8th, he actually dropped an interview with Vladimir Putin, and many people have gone on the record and basically said he's a traitor for posting this video, why would he interview Vladimir Putin, but when you look at the facts, I mean, why wouldn't we want to interview Vladimir Putin? Again, we have the United States bankrolling this war, with almost $200 billion so far going to Ukraine. We have them bankrolling this war, and we really only know one side of the so-called war. Again, that's what the mainstream media is telling us, and it's all pro-Ukraine. They want us to be pro-Ukraine. So it's important for us to hear from Vladimir Putin because maybe some type of resolution can be reached. Some type of solution for this giant $200 billion problem that we've got ourselves into can be reached simply by him saying a few words over an interview. So, basically, Tucker Carlson went out and interviewed him, and the U.S. has threatened to put sanctions on him. Now, the last I saw, it was just a threat and something in the mainstream media maybe to to deter him from releasing this interview. But nonetheless, the United States has attempted to put sanctions on him, and that in itself tells you everything you need to know. For whatever reason, the United States intelligence was scared of this interview getting out, now, I have watched the entire two-hour interview. I do want to cover it in long form at some point, I hope to rather, but I do want to talk about two or so of the things that were said during the interview by, by Vladimir Putin himself that struck me as odd, and this will tell you everything you need to know about the fact that the United States didn't want this interview hitting the airwaves. First and foremost, Vladimir Putin tells Tucker Carlson that in the 1990s, he reached out to Bill Clinton personally and asked him to join NATO. For those of us who don't know, NATO is this group of countries that opposes Russia. And again, we don't know the true reasoning behind it. It's not what the mainstream media tells us. But nonetheless, Vladimir Putin extended the olive branch to Bill Clinton in the 1990s and asked him to join NATO. And this would basically, had he joined NATO probably avoid this entire war we're having in Ukraine and would bring Russia to the forefront where these countries aren't fighting with each other. There's no big bad wolf. Instead, we're coming together to find solutions for the problems. Nonetheless, he states that Bill Clinton said he had to check with a few people higher up than him. So he's stating that Bill Clinton was not the one to make these type of decisions, that he had to instead consult with maybe the head of CIA or FBI, etc., And then he was declined and told he could not join NATO. So right there in itself, if, and that's a big if, that is true, we have proof here that America seeks a big bad wolf in some of these events. We've been told for the longest time that Russia is the enemy. Russia is the enemy. I'm not saying Vladimir Putin is the nicest guy in the world. I know he's done some terrible things. But if he was trying to join some of these countries in NATO in the early 1990s, I don't see a downside in letting that happen. Is it possible that, again, if he was allowed to join NATO, that we wouldn't have some of these conflicts that we're facing today? So that's one. The second part of the interview that was the most intriguing to me, and again, I want to do a long form in the future, but for now was that he basically insinuated on multiple occasions, including talking about Bill Clinton in the 1990s, his presentation to join NATO, etc., that these U.S. presidents are actually not the ones pulling strings, and instead that there are other figureheads behind them who are calling all the shots. Tucker Carlson even presses him about this and says, before we go any further, I've heard you suggesting that these presidents aren't calling all the shots, and instead They are just out in the media to be touted as the decision makers. Are there people behind the scenes making decisions for these sitting presidents? And Vladimir Putin smugly, I might add, basically says, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Again, he points to the Bill Clinton interaction, and we see more of that with our president currently, Joe Biden. It's clear to me that somebody like Joe Biden, who literally was just confirmed to be mentally unfit to sustain himself throughout a trial. So we have somebody who's unfit to go on trial, but apparently is fit to have our nuclear codes and be running our country. So again, I want to do a long form on this specific interview and Tucker Carlson in general in the next few weeks. I hope to do that. But nonetheless, we have here the U.S. trying to put sanctions on Tucker Carlson because of this interview. because. They're scared of some of the truth coming out. They are scared of the fact that Vladimir Putin might contradict some of the things that are coming out in the mainstream media. Again, they just want people like me and you being pro-Ukraine, pro-sending hundreds of billions of dollars over there when we have our own problems that are happening on U.S. soil. That's a whole nother discussion. But nonetheless, the fact that they're willing to sanction somebody for even using their freedom of speech to speak to somebody on the other side is asinine and... That in itself tells you everything you need to know. Unfortunately, the battle that we're going against isn't against some small corporation that only has a few million dollars in their bankroll and are easily taken down. We're going against a huge system of basically oppression. They're keeping people like me or you in the dark with these mainstream media and news reports. I'm thankful for TikTok and things like podcasts because it's really opened my mind to some of the possibilities of what's really going on behind the scenes. But the fact that the U.S. is willing to sanction somebody for using their freedom of speech literally tells you most of the story. So again, I hope you guys learned a lot from this podcast. I appreciate you dealing with the weak delay that went into this podcast. Again, I've had laryngitis, so I'm just finally getting my voice back. I've been trying to record, and I even recorded part of this podcast barely with a voice, so I'm sure you hear it. Thank you for bearing with me with my voice as well as some of the time constraints and releasing the podcast a week late. I do want to get back on track and release the next podcast next Sunday and get back on track as well as posting TikToks along the way. I'll be posting some more Super Bowl TikTok conspiracies in the next couple hours because new things have popped up, most of which I've already spoke about on the podcast, but nonetheless, Thank you to everybody who's always listening to the Between the Lies podcast, the people who reach out to me, the friends of me who listen, and basically critique me or say, "Hey, you got this wrong or I thought your opinion was right or wrong on this. Again, as I always say, the positive and negative feedback is utterly important because without negative feedback, I can never grow as a host of a podcast. So. Thank you to everybody for listening today. I hope you learned something from this podcast. I know we jumped all over with a few different topics, but it's fun for me as well because these are things that are on my mind literally almost 24-7. As soon as I'm up, I'm thinking about this stuff. So thank you as always for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. As always, I am your host, signing off, over and out. Oh, yeah, this is the one. Oh, yeah, this is the E. This the. Yo, I said I'm kicking dope shit, but never wait moving. Way I'm floating on the record, man, I'm straight grooving. You see what's really in a man when he gotta face music. You see what's really in a man when he gotta make movements. Making music just to cope, cause the pain's fluid. Stream my consciousness to God and got a dream lucid. Not dropping shit, but I'm in my promise. Gonna start a movement. Plus, I read between the lines and read between the lies.